0: Welcome to Greek Like Me, the podcast about all things Greek for Greeks, Hellenophiles, and anybody who's interested in learning about other cultures. I'm your host, Pamela Diodes wood Email us at stealthgreek at gmail.com to share comments, questions, and stories about Greeks, Greekness, or your own ethnic background. We have two topics to talk about today in brief, because they're both fun and interesting, but they'd require a lot of time to do enough background for a full-length episode each. When my big fat Greek wedding first came out in 2002, Greeks were delighted. We related to so many things and it was amazing to see our experiences on the big screen. Sitting in that darkened movie theater, Eduardo whispered to me, oh my gosh, it's our life. Friends and coworkers who'd seen it had so many questions, but the one I got most often was, do you seriously spit on each other? To which I say, only when I'm really pissed. But to tell the truth, yes, we do spit on each other. Not when we're pissed, but out of love. Sounds crazy? Not if you're Greek, my friend. First of all, it's not literally spitting. There's no actual spit leaving one's mouth. At least not on purpose. neo exaggerated it for comic effect. Brides do get the treatment, but it's not... <sighs> It's more like the sound of gently popping a tangerine pit out of your mouth. <laughs> I write "patu patu" when I'm texting friends. Good luck, but "ftu ftu" is more traditionally Greek. "ftusu" means shame on you. Another good reason to spit on someone. The purpose of all this spitting is to ward off evil or misfortune. The bride gets the treatment going down the aisle. The newly married couple is kind of chased out of the church as the ground is spat on behind them. We're spitting at the devil. Back up, O oh cacos. Or at the malevolent forces that muster when someone envies or resents a person. Look at you in your beautiful wedding dress. You look so happy. Someone is bound to envy that. Or hope you fall on your face in the kick. So friends and relatives break that shiitake up like itty bitty photon torpedoes going against a force of evil heading straight for you. I have no memory of this going on when I walked down the aisle or when Ed and I exited the church, but a lot of things about that day were a blur. I don't remember a lot of spitting going on in my family. Ma's generation was born here and desperately trying to assimilate. I do have vague memories of The Alexandra spitting over my head when I was a kid. Ed threw her name into the conversation before I did, so possibly he said, yeah, he could see it. So kids get spit at even more than brides. Babies and children are more vulnerable to So carry a baby through a room crowded with Greeks and it sounds like a machine gun on silencer. The custom is to spit three times, invoking Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And if you think that sounds sacrilegious, think again. During a baby's baptism, which happens sometime after the churching of the baby, 40 days after their birth, the priest breathes three times at the baptismal water in the form of a cross before blessing it. Since ancient times, breathing on someone or something isn't panting. It's blowing air between pursed lips, similar to the kind of spitting we do when we're protecting someone. We have the priest service uh, book handy because Douglas John has been serving at the altar since he was a kid, so I double-checked myself. I understand, I, I've read it in a few places, that in some instances a priest will fake spit three times on the ground to diss the double. If it happens in Greece or here or among the diaspora or all of the above, I can't for sure tell you. I found a reference from a 1910 book called modern Greek folklore and ancient Greek religion written by a Brit, so of course it's condescending because upper-class Brits of that era. Gods, the author John Cuthbert Lawson witnessed a baptism in a home rather than a sacred building like a church and because the priest was sensing the four corners of the room to bless it in preparation for the baptism, the midwife and godparents were there to help. The midwife who usually knows some kind of magic or one of the godparents accompanies the priest and makes assurance doubly sure by spitting in each suspected nook. It's not magic. It's ancient custom in more places than Greece. Handed down through centuries upon centuries, like Anglos crossing their fingers or knocking wood, being aware that bad things can happen to good people and making a sign to wish it away. Because what? weapons do we have against that? Envy is a pretty powerful emotion. You ever felt those weird vibes in a room when something great is happening for someone and there's a person there who thinks it should have been them or or who just resents anything good happening to someone else? You can read it in their faces. Plutarch said eyes are the source of the deadly spells cast by evil individuals. There's this old guy that, who used to come to our church mostly to start trouble, spreading rumors, trying to instigate fights, and I swear, after a while, I felt a little prickling behind my neck when he entered a room, even if I didn't see him coming. You could feel the animosity and bad intentions entering the room before him, like Darth Vader without the cool suit of the stormtroopers. Maybe it would be Palpatine. Pth, pth. The spit is like the force. Pth, pth. God bless him. The spit chases away evil misfortune and the evil eye. It's a preemptive strike against bad things coming. You are locked and loaded as soon as someone compliments a baby, tells a young person they're beautiful, or wishes somebody luck on a job interview or a trip. GreekCityTimes.com says basically when people are spitting at you, it means that you are worthy of jealousy. So, yayas are spitting all over those babies nonstop because their grandchildren are so perfect and beautiful People can't help but be jealous. I like the way the thegreekvibe.com uh, said it. Spitting in the face of beauty was a sure way to keep bad vibes away. Okakos is attracted to the beautiful, the much-loved, the fortunate. Spitting on them hides these traits. The ultimate spit screen. In a nutshell, all these things stir envy and evil and wrong-minded people. And where these folks are thinking bad thoughts, the mati, the evil eye and Okakos can't be far behind Greek.com hands down my favorite explanation that spitting on those you wish well is a counter spell a precautionary measure and an expression of admiration with an open unjealous heart and unreserved goodwill yes if someone is spitting on you they love you they think you're great they wish you well if they're not spitting on you then you should worry Although many Americanized Greeks don't do it anymore because they want to fit in and look normal. Newsflash. You're Greek. You will never be considered normal to the average American. Not when your name is Archimedes Apatapatapalos. So go ahead and spit. Let your friends and family know you love them. Greeks and spitting have an even more interesting history if you go looking for it. And it's me. So I did. I found the 1897 scholarly tome called The Saliva Superstition in Classical Literature by Frank W. Nicholson. Literature including history, medical journals, science papyri, as well as plays. And I wish I'd had time to read the entire thing, and I highly recommend it. But unfortunately, this book was meant for A-level scholars of ancient Greece and Rome, and chunks of it appear in the original ancient Greek and Latin. I was able to translate bits and pieces of both. I did take Latin for four years. And in desperation, I turned to Google Translate to fill in some of the gaps. But it was exhausting. And there were times when I knew Google and I got it hilariously wrong. So I'll share what Nicholson had to say. Quote, We learn from various passages in Greek and Latin writers that the ancients believed in the efficacy of human spittle to cure certain complaints and in man's power to avert ill luck by the mere act of spitting. This has been our tradition for thousands of years. Pliny, a Roman historian and fanboy of the ancient Greeks, says boils, leprosy, eye inflammation, and cancer could be prevented by the use of human spit. So everybody who got spit on and didn't get any of these diseases was probably like, look, it worked. Those who did get sick, well, maybe Yaya didn't get to them fast enough to prevent the mati from taking root. This is why Yaya spit on babies at every opportunity. Something that didn't translate into modern times was the belief that human spit could kill snakes and toads and other creepy crawlies. No need for pesticides in the ancient Greek garden. Spit on those slugs and cutworms. Organic is better. I've read so many ancient references to snake infestations in homes, temples, and village squares in Greece and Greek territories Maybe if you got an entire mob spitting at them, they'd turn tail and disappear. Nicholson says, Just as Greeks and Romans used spit towards a serpent or toad to keep it, kill it or keep it at a distance, so they used to spit symbolically, to ward off the approach of disease or any vague evil that threatened their superstitious minds. Now, now, Nicholson, don't be patronizing. Spitting at anything might startle the receiver of the spit and turn them away. People in ancient times were at the mercy of pests, plagues, and all kinds of threatening things. They could only hope they'd be spared while the people around them dropped like flies. How many people still throw spilled salt over their shoulder or do the sign of the cross when hearing of something bad that happened to someone? Greeks, of course, make heavy use of the it all cross, but spitting is another mental resistance against something you can't see coming for you. Nicholson speculates that ancient Greeks believed that spit was deadly— If that were true, half the guys in my high school class would be dead, because they were always spitting at each other to show contempt. The opposite of the Greeks. Aelian, if that's how it's pronounced, was a second-century Greek military writer who lived in Rome. Nicholson quotes him in the original ancient Greek. The gist, as far as I could make it out, was that a reverent man opening his mouth and drooling, maybe spitting was what was meant, Um, Opening his mouth and drooling between man and man is dangerous, nothing less than a beast. Yeah, it's dangerous. Ever see how ticked off a guy gets if someone spits at him? But Aya was saying that man's spit was as deadly as an animal's. People died of dog bites, wild cat bites, snake bites, mouse bites. And he says people can die of man bites as well. Man's spit, quote is equally effective against fellow man, that therefore the bite of a man is as dangerous as that of any beast. But there's no surprise there. Human mouths are full of germs. And I think we've all read um, stories, uh, news articles, of people who were bitten by a person and got infected. This is almost a separate issue from spitting to ward off evil. But I guess if you think you may have killer spit, you're going to use it. Pliny quoted the ancient Greeks quite a bit. He wrote that the Greeks said, serpents even flee from the smell of it. I'm not sure how to comment on that. I know nothing of ancient oral hygiene, but hey, we still love garlic. Even Aristoteli ways in saying human spit is dangerous to most venomous animals. Yet Aelian says goats know to avoid man's spit. Maybe that was really drool. Greeks love to eat those guys. He's drilling. Run for it. But it was hard to find the time to look for references to spit in the ancient Greek histories, poems, and plays. But Callimachus, a 3rd century BCE poet, in his hymn to Dimitra, refers to the goddess Nemesis, Nemesis, for whom women spit in their bosoms. Thei.com says it was the custom to exorcise the goddess to avert jealousy. She was the goddess of retribution and you did not want her on your trail we'll talk about her another day in the greek magical papyri an ancient text of spells and curses we discussed in the episode on the goddess ekati there are rituals for exorcism that include spitting Quote, while conjuring blow once blowing air from the tips of the feet up to the face and it the exorcism will be assigned And just in case you're thinking blowing is not spitting, this text was referenced in a paper called Holy Spit and Magic Spells on the Cornell University website. And as I said, we Greeks are not actually spitting. It's more of a blowing of the air interrupted by the tongue. Modern Greeks have been known to spit on themselves when they get bad news or a compliment, and when they've heard about someone else's unfortunate experiences like business failures, divorce, death. Misbehaving, So that somebody else's misfortunes don't decide to visit them too. Quoting the to Greekadventure.com p'tu, ptu They spell it like me. matiasis means I'm spitting on myself so you do not cause the evil eye to come upon me. Actually, literally it means don't look at me. But you get the drift. So if your mother or grandmother isn't there to spit on you do it yourself. Moving ahead to early Common Era times, or A.D., there are multiple references to Jesus using his spit to heal. Muhammad as well. Theirs was sacred spit. In the Bible, John chapter 9, verse 6, Jesus spits into a handful of clay and rubs it on a blind man's eyes to cure his blindness. Mark chapter 8, verse 23, skips the clients says Jesus spit on the blind man's eye. Nobody yelled, fight, fight. So the bystanders and the spit recipient were fully aware of the potential healing powers of spit. There's even talk of fasting spittle in ancient and early Christian times. Fasting spit is even more powerful in the healing department, apparently. So I guess yaya spitting on a grandchild before communion, because we fast from midnight the night before, is the best. I've never heard this before. Maybe that belief of fasting spit disappeared over time, or maybe as a third-generation Greek, I am just not as up on my spit as I should be. Bottom line, spitting for protection for yourself or others is pretty common throughout Greece and throughout the diaspora. When we were leaving to meet our son for the first time, a friend from Athens spit all over us. Thank you, Stacy. Villagers and farmers spit, city dwellers, and Greeks living in every other country you can think of know what I'm talking about. Greek fishermen in ancient times and modern times have been known to spit in their nets for a good catch. I assume fishermen and sponge divers of Greek descent here in the U.S. do the same. Tarpon Springs, Florida, you want to weigh in? We can't help it, or we don't want to help it. I'm doing t daily, whether I'm wishing a friend a safe trip, sending protective prayers to someone who's sick, or being bothered by a Skataki coworker, or saying good luck to my daughter on her final exam panhellenicpost.com says, spitting feels like second nature to us. True. When we have the instinct to spit to protect someone and we don't spit, it doesn't feel right. Exactly. My kids don't appreciate it in train stations or airports, and they didn't like it much in the schoolyard. But I think once they're off on their travels, they know it comes from love. Our next brief topic is sort of related. You definitely need to spit when you come face-to-face with one of these. We had a request from Nick Mandelakis, a listener from Dover, Delaware, to talk about the M-word. It's generated a lot of interest from non-Greeks the past couple of years. Greek creators on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and so on make generous use of the word. And if you've ever been on vacation in Malaysia and you're taking a guided water tour, Malacca Island is a tourist spot. Apparently enough Greeks have giggled through that tour. Some tour operators have been forced to acknowledge to their customers during the tour that the island sounds like a naughty word in Greek. And let's face it, it rolls off the tongue. To put it nicely, it means moron, idiot, dumbass. I will not define it literally because it's not that kind of podcast. I will say, some time long ago, it apparently meant soft or weak, and was often directed at people who were mentally ill or disabled. Rude. Then because it was believed that people who, people who enjoyed themselves by themselves weakened their brains, it became associated with enduring yourself by yourself. So it has come to mean in a derogatory way, of course, someone who fiddles around in a solitary manner. I'm not coming straight out and saying it, okay? My kid is sitting across from me while we're recording this. We don't ever want to believe our parents know about these things. So I'm trying not to disillusion him. But people want to know. It has many different uses. Sometimes you say it when you're pissed off. Sometimes you say it when you're greeting your closest friends. Say you're tooling along Route 46 near Wayne, New Jersey. People are zipping along at high speed, trying to shoot onto the road from the on-ramps, changing lanes without signaling the usual. When some clown in the left lane decides suddenly he needs to go to big lots and the right lane turn is almost past them. But they go for it anyway, nearly causing a multi-car pileup. Malaka. It can be used pityingly, with a touch of contempt. The ice caps are melting, heat records across the country broken every day, crops destroyed by record floods, wildfires like never seen before across the planet. But Uncle Panos and Kazanfoti sneer at the idea of global warming. In your head, because you don't want to say that out loud. Malakas. It can be a forceful statement labeling those you have contempt for, like people who ban books in the name of democracy. For generations, the Turkish government has banned books referring to the Greek and Armenian Genocide of the last century and the abuses under Ottoman occupation and Kemalist Turks. They erase parts of Greek history in their regions because they don't like it. It makes them uncomfortable. Sound familiar? This is America, Hanimo, not a dictatorship. I decide what my kids can read and can't read malakas, not you. Well, not anymore, they're both adults, but a very good use of the word malaka. The word can be used affectionately with a friend or sibling. But no matter how close you are to your parents, you say that word to them, you're in deep skata. Even Jesus won't be able to raise you, but yeah. But with a brother or sister or very close friends, we say lots of insulting things to be funny and get away with it. What's up, Malacca? I might call my sister right now and say it. I hope that clues everybody into the M word. But don't forget, it is a naughty word and not to be used recklessly. Thanks for listening. Greek Like Me is a Stealth Greek production. This episode was researched, written, and narrated by me, your host, Pamela DeOdes-Wood. Our producer, photographer, and post-production editor is Douglas John. Our thanks to Nick Mantalakis for his suggestion and all of his nice comments. Visit our website at stealthgreek.com for resources, photos, links, and more. Please rate like, and subscribe because it helps us to get noticed, and then we can keep making content about Greeks and Greek culture. Find Greek Like Me on Facebook or on Instagram at Greek underscore like underscore me. See you next time. Yeses.